0: And yes, good morning to you once again. If you are just joining us today, always a pleasure to have you here at gospelbellsradio.com. It's Monday, the 20th of November, 2023. The program is On the Lord's Side, Christian Perspectives on News and Current Events. My name is Olufemi Oguntoku. You can follow me on Twitter at Ulufemi OG. You can follow Gospel Bells Radio on Twitter at Gospel Bells Radio, always oh, a pleasure to have you join us. And today we're beginning with this story uh, that broke on Friday, and I'm surprised that it has not got as as much traction as I would expect it to get. Now you know that in many states in Nigeria, as well as uh, in many other enlightened jurisdictions all over the world, uh, there are departments of government where uh, a person who is experiencing domestic do- domestic uh, violence uh, can walk in and report to to the government asking for help asking for help. I mean, naturally, you would expect that if a partner in a marriage experiences domestic violence, uh, that partner, all that things being equal, could be able to maybe walk out of the marriage, not not necessarily uh, ending the marriage, but uh, for, for our safety or for his safety, uh, would walk away from him. Sometimes others choose uh, to go a step further to report the, the party, the other partner uh, that has been inflicting the violence. And when we talk about domestic violence, what comes to mind what comes to mind uh would be the cases of men husbands who beat their wives husbands who inflict violence on their wives you know this case comes to mind readily the case the unfortunate case most unfortunate of that gospel singer or synergy who last year died and is widely believed to have died from injuries sustained from violence inflicted on her by her husband the mother is still in court as i understand uh, the man the husband is uh, still standing trial for her death or for manslaughter i do not have the full details of that matter but we look forward to the conclusion of that matter but it, it, it appears well established now from different testimonies uh, that that lady that gospel singer endured years of domestic violence Uh, at the hands of our husband and we just pray that uh, god will continue to to bless and uphold our children so but it is not unusual right it's not unusual to hear stories like this husband's inflicting violence on their wives there was also that celebrated case when uh, the department responsible for receiving complaints like this in lagos State, uh it is called the The domestic, the Lagos Domestic and Sexual Violence Agency DSVA, the Lagos Domestic and Sexual Violence Agency, Uh, that's the the agency in Lagos State. And you will recall a time when a popular Nollywood actress, Mercy Aigue, who now goes by another name because she has now remarried and now identifies as a Muslim. But at that time, in her first marriage, and I hope that was her first marriage, she she famously uh, reported her husband uh, to the uh, DSV, the Domestic and Sexual Violence Agency in Lagos State. And that made the news and it brought into the limelight again this unfortunate and barbaric action of husbands who beat their wives, husbands who inflict violence on their their wives. And uh, many people at that time used that opportunity to encourage women who are... enduring domestic violence to speak up and to follow the footsteps of that lady uh, Messi Igbe who reported her husband. To that agency at that time. Uh, I mean, that there are complaints that sometimes people lie about these things. And many people have said, in the case of Mercy, I agree that given what has happened after afterwards, given that, well, it has been now, it, it has now been suggested that she was anyway, uh, perhaps having an affair with the person she's now married to for a long time. Perhaps she just lied against the face of, but we do not know. And that's not the point we want to make. You may also be aware of a story that trended last week of, of children who made a video of their father beating their mom and that video found its way onto the social media and trended for a while and many people were angry as should be and aghast as should be but soon afterwards and after that the husband was arrested but soon afterwards the the wife who was battered even with a battered face made a video uh, and Asked everybody to forgive the husband, indeed went to the police station, as, as I understand, uh, to plead for the release of the husband. This one was later released, and both of them then made a video and saying that, oh, they reconciled their differences and it would not happen again. Uh, I read many comments on that video, and uh, the video where the two of them appeared, I read many comments on that video, and I did note that. Many uh, commentators on social media were well, of the view that the, that the thing would continue, that it would continue, and that uh, men would do these things. Do not actually repent. and uh, do not actually change. As uh, they may appear remorseful because, well, for a while uh, they've been caught in the act, they feel ashamed or they feel cornered. Really, that they feel cornered for a while, so they they, they stop doing it for a while. But that uh, uh, once a man is given to doing these things, he continues to to do them. I'm not about to go into the psychology of this or the uh, the root causes of this what we know for a fact that it is it cannot be right not only to inflict violence on one spouse but to inflict violence on anyone for that matter uh, the only time it is permissible to to attempt to correct a person by by using the cane and of course using it responsibly and in a safe manner is when you are disciplining a child We are do not spare the rod when you are disciplining a child but then that is not inflicting violence when you are disciplining a child it is structured it is controlled it is purposeful it is not in anger and no parent should be beating uh, any child in anger if you are given to that you should watch it because that would be counterproductive but you want the child to know what he or she has done wrong and why you are beating I mean it's not that uh, from time to time, children don't get us angry. And sometimes you get so angry, and you lash out, and it's understandably so. Anytime that uh, happens to me, I, I, I always put myself in the position of, I always imagine how God, uh, I always imagine what God would do if He were human, and uh, should get angry angry with us. And do we not uh, exasperate Him from time to time when we cannot just get our acts together again we digress but what, what the story that has led to this discourse this morning is a story that broke on friday november 17 when it was reported that 340 women beat up husbands in lagos state last year think about that Whenever you have know, the domestic violence you think of men beating their wives and people say yes yes you know the the old war of the sexes and you say this man, this man, uh, somebody, we need help to be delivered from this man. I'm not saying that, uh, I mean, uh, even without having the statistics, it would go without saying, it would appear even axiomatic uh, given uh, the difference in in physical strength, all of that things being equal, uh, that you find more men inflicting domestic violence on their wives than you will find wives inflicting domestic violence on their husbands. I I mean, not all the statistics right now, but it will be it would be extraordinary for that uh, kind of viewpoint to be disproved by any statistics. So it is still it is still an issue that should be addressed. Uh, men should be addressed not to do this. But it is fascinating. It is interesting. It is telling, really. It is telling, and we must look closely at the story being told by this revelation by the uh, by the Lagos State Domestic and Sexual Violence Agency that in one year alone, between September 2022 and July 2023. Between September 2022 and July 2023, 340 males reported incidences of domestic violence perpetrated by their wives. Think about that. This was revealed by the executive secretary of that agency, Mrs. Titi Lola Vivo Adini. She revealed that 340 males. Now, it has been said in the case of domestic violence inflicted by husbands and wives that uh, if... For example, and I don't have the figures, I say if, for example, you have X number of reports being made to this agency or to other agencies, or other fora, if you have X number of domestic violence inflicted by husbands and wives being reported, that you can assume, you can simply assume that uh, you are perhaps maybe times 50 of that number really occurring, times 50 or even much more really occurring because, you know, for a, a number of reasons, people don't report this thing. Sometimes because of the stigma attached to it, sometimes because of the fear of the repercussion, sometimes because some uh, spouses who are suffering uh, domestic violence don't even want it revealed. They feel too ashamed to, to let it be known. And the sad thing, as we have understood, is that you find even... You find that it's not only uh, only the lowly placed women, not only the women on the bottom rung of the ladder in the society who suffer these things. Sometimes you find even uh, even ladies who are either in the society who are subjected to these things. And sometimes they I mean they just don't want to just don't want to reveal that they are going through this. So many people are indeed suffering in silence, which is an Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely despicable thing, absolutely unfortunate thing. And what I'm trying to make is now, if in the case of husbands beating wives, If in that case you find that not all the wives suffering the domestic violence make report, that it is assumed that you have at times fifty of the number of reports, then think of wives beating husbands. Do you think? Do you think uh, if the legal state uh, domestic and violence is reporting three forty cases, do you think there are only three forty cases? If you must make some uh, some reasonable uh, extrapolation from that figure, you must. I think one would be right to reasonably assume that you have not only double. I would say perhaps triple that number occurring, if not much more, uh, triple that number occurring, because there are a number of reasons why a man would not step forward and say, "Look, I'm being." abused by my wife i mean the the stigma that would be attached to it i mean you can i mean just imagine it a man walking into that agency and saying please i want to make a report and people look at and say yes i What report and say my wife is beating me i mean even the uh, the staff of that agency let's be frank would would try to uh, to to hide uh, a giggle to stifle a smile and some who are not properly trained uh, may not be as empathic and may not be as understanding. May just be poking fun at the at the man. And sometimes, you know, people don't have to laugh to your face. People don't have to say it to your face, but you know, the the words, their conduct uh, would say so much. Uh, you feel uh, you feel derided. So for that reason, and many other reasons, many men would not step forward uh, to to say that their wives beat them. But hey. Hey, does it not say something that that is happening, and it's happening in many homes? That in Lagos State alone, Lagos State alone. I mean, we do. We have not factored other states. We have not factored uh, those who did not make the report. But in Lagos State alone, 340 wives were reported as Avon as having beaten their husbands between July 2022 and get that number right between september 2022 and july 2023 i mean we must be very clear of course we must be very clear about what the bible says and i hope nobody is uh, is is in doubt about that The husband, the bible teaches us husbands love your wives even as christ also loved the church and gave himself for it you cannot imagine anyone who loves his wife truly loves his wife who would then meet out violence on that person after all they are meant to be one body right they are meant to be one body who would inflict violence on his own body paul asks rhetorically who would inflict violence on his own body but then i think the greater point i would like to make this morning from this story is that you see what views matter what views matter the way you think about about the world it matters and you see everybody has a worldview And it is that worldview that will determine how you approach matters. It is that worldview that will determine the kind of solution that you propose to questions, to social issues. Now, if you, if you, put this question this 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 uh staggering statistics this discouraging statistics, this uh this condemnable statistics uh the one uh for wives between husbands and one for husbands between uh, between the wives uh, put it to a person who thinks from a purely rational secular and rational uh, world view the person will tell you about the war of the sexes the and, and this is a war that has been on you know from i would say time immemorial where you find people talking about oh it's always the problem the problem is with the men is with, with the men and you find a lot of people saying so the problem is the women I mean if you want to waste your time on social media just follow accounts that discuss things like this uh, follow the feminists follow the anti-feminists and you find people uh, marshalling points here and there about why it is the fault of men just remove men and, and you have people who, who, who are going that far and say just remove men from the equation I you know what you are not going to have problems again so we'll just remove women from the equation and we are not going to have problems again and so people are going even even much further and say that maybe what we need to do right now maybe what we need to do right now is to cancel uh this this difference uh, between the the genders let us make it so fluid that a man could be a woman a woman could be a man and at, uh, maybe at one point they will say that let's let, let just have one gender thinking that that will solve uh, the problem that if we know we no longer have this uh these uh, differences in, in gender, perhaps problems like this would be solved. Hmm. I mean, it doesn't take much to see through the folly of that. If you know the Beatles, the Beatles popular at one point are uh, uh, one of the leading pop groups in the world at that time. Uh, that is one of their songs that says, "Imagine, Imagine." If you know uh, the lyrics of that of that song, "Imagine," one of the popular songs of the of the Beatles, that group that was so popular at that time. Uh, there is a remix of that from 2020, but Imagine itself, I'm trying to get just the uh, the right uh, statistics on this. Okay. According to Wikipedia, was released first in 1971. Imagine is a song by the English rock musician John Lennon from his 1971 album of the same name, Imagine. And I mean... The real idea, the real message of that song is uh, a call to the world to imagine that it says, imagine there is no heaven. So it's easy if you try. Imagine there is no hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today, living for today. Uh, and of course, the point I'm trying to make is that uh, when you that your worldview matters and when you think from a purely rational secular worldview you just say to yourself look the problem is that there are differences here let's cancel all the differences and there'll be no problem again he says imagine there are no countries it isn't hard to do imagine there are no countries imagine there is nothing to kill for nothing to die for he says imagine there is no religion imagine all the people living life in peace I mean, I mean, you have here the 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 solution suggested by John Lennon of the Beatles in 1971, and the same solution that has been suggested by many rational thinkers all over the all over the age, saying, look, just imagine again. He says, yeah, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Again, he says, imagine there are no possessions, nobody owns anything, no need for greed, no need for hunger. A brother, just a brotherhood of man, and that's what the secular mind says. It says look, all these uh, men against women, women against men, and all this. But it's a matter. It's a war of the sexes. Maybe we should cancel marriage. Some people say maybe we should we should, we should cancel marriage. No marriage if you feel like uh, having some uh, to to express your your sexual impulses. Just you know, hook up with somebody and then and then move on. And if anybody gives birth, let the children be taken care by the taken care by the society. You know, people just imagine that they think that the problem is society. They think the problem is the society. The problem is the social structure. The problem is what God has ordained. They think, they think the problem is the uh, the the uh, the duality in the gender. They think the problem is in how the world has been ordained, how the society has been has been understood to function from time immemorial. How God has ordained the world to be. They think the problem is the society and the so-called social constructs and the social assumptions, they forget that that is not the problem. We know, you know, that that is not a problem. The problem is the heart, right? It is the heart. The problem is from the, from the heart. It's from the heart, and that is where everything comes from. That is why, again, we must never be ashamed of the gospel of Christ because, what did the apostle say? Because it is... The power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation. And you see that that explanation given by Paul is one that we must uh, really reflect on. Paul was saying there that, that well, this is what saves. This is the only thing that saves. He was speaking to the Romans, the the learned people, people who are read white, He was saying to them, I know you've read so many. I know you've listened to so many philosophers. I know you have so many ideas that you have you have engaged with, but none of these would save. I'm not ashamed of this gospel, which is by faith from beginning to the end, because it is the only gospel that has the power to save. And I would be a message to the world. Our Lord did say in Matthew 15, saying that, you see, but the things that come out from from your heart, but the things that come out from your mouth, they come from the heart. And these are the things that defile. These are the things that defile. Everything that comes out from your mouth, everything that your hand does, Right? Anything that your legs make you do, anything you do with your legs, with your hand, with your mouth, with your facial expression, any such thing comes from the heart. It is from the heart. And our Lord said in Matthew 15:19, "For for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. We must add to that now even domestic violence. It comes from the heart." That hatred comes from the heart. It is from the other that says, beat her or beat him. It's not a matter of the sexes. Let us not let us not follow uh, the crowd. Let us not follow the secular, rational mind. Yes, we must admit, we must acknowledge that they see disparity in statistics. Uh, there, I would say, I mean, that it will, it will be difficult to say that there are more women inflicting violence on husbands than the other way around. There must be, rationally speaking, reasonably, uh, reasonably assuming, more men inflicting violence on women. But that's not the point. That is not the point. And you say anybody who has been sucked into the thinking that is the point is the person who is actually missing the point. Because once you say that it's a matter of the sexes, then you are not going the solution you're going to profile will be similar to the solutions of those who say cancel marriage, cancel gender differences, and all, all and all such other unhelpful, unhelpful hints and self-help uh, propositions. The, the it is a matter of the heart. It is from the heart that all these things come from and the only gospel that can heal the heart is the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who when he is Lord and Savior he gives the gift of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit that changes the heart of stone into the heart of flesh let a man come to Christ let a woman come to Christ and be endured by the Holy Spirit I mean imagine that with such a man raise his hand against his own flesh or against anyone with such a woman think about that Jesus is the answer for the world and even for ailing marriages And yes, thank you very much for staying with us. Next, we want to go to this story again from Lagos State, and the story about one of the former aspirant to the office of governor in Lagos State, uh, Mr. Funsho Doyade. Many people have severally applauded this man uh, over and over again, and not only because he he was. He had the courage of his conviction in order to run against the established political order in Lagos. Anybody who is familiar with the politics in Lagos State, Nigeria, Lagos State is the uh, the richest, uh, the most popular state in Nigeria. It's cosmopolitan is one of the uh, fastest growing cities in the world as well. But everybody who is familiar with the politics of Lagos, at least for the past uh, 22 years, would know that it has been dominated by uh, by one political ideology, uh, the one political ideology championed, or one political family, if I may use that expression, uh, one political family headed by the man who is now uh, president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, uh, Mr. Bola Tinubu. So anybody who chooses to, to, to run against his political Political structure in a legal state, uh, must be somebody of convictions. I mean, some people just run for the sake of it, for the sake of making a name for themselves, maybe, or maybe even as part of the larger political strategies of the, of the ruling political family. But uh, this is a gentleman who many people believe uh, ran uh, based on conviction, and he has proven that over and over again. He has proven by not... Uh, necessarily only engaging in sensationalism. Of course, sensationalism is part of politicking. We know that. But this man, Funsho uh does not only engage in, does not only always engage in sensationalism. Is uh, a man who we must credit for going behind the documents and sifting out figures, sifting out figures uh, for people to point around from time to time. And the most recent one he has done is that he painstakingly went through the budget proposals... For the Lagos State Government. And he came up, came out rather, with staggering revelations uh, showing that, well, uh, it is interesting how the Lagos State Government proposes to spend uh, its revenues. Quite, quite, quite interesting. Quite interesting. One uh, that has caught the attention of so many people is that uh, two billion naira, two billion naira has been budgeted for rechargeable funds, rechargeable funds and rechargeable uh Rechargeable equipment in the office of the deputy governor. So you find that uh, being queried all over social media. So wow, just 12 billion Naira for rechargeable funds, Now I know when you discuss matters like this, it is it is not always the best to just throw figures out there. And you know naturally uh, you can scandalize the government. Naturally you can scandalize anybody. If you have any committee or council in charge of. Spending the money belonging to a organization, it is easy to scandalize them by, you know, summing things together and then throwing figures out there and say, oh, fifty billion naira, or one billion dollars for this, and then it appears like, oh, really, really scandalous. For example, if if someone were to sum up all the uh, money meant to be spent on say reception by government agencies in a year and if they were to sum it all up maybe including the the military the civil service political appointees I mean it's going to run up it's going to run into very high figures but so is it to scandalize people and say wow uh, the government of Nigeria wants to spend say I'm I'm just putting a figure say oh Five billion error on on reception and refreshment. People say, "Whoa, no, no, this is bad." So I mean, that must be acknowledged, and I'm, I'm, and I do hope that we are not running into that same into that same error. But you see, documents speak for themselves. This document, in this case, uh, was created by the Lagos State Government. It has not been disowned uh, by the uh, by the Lagos State Government. But you see. They are just uh, exceptional, and the reason why we are bringing it up, we are going to reveal it uh, shortly. The reason why we are bringing it up so this man, uh, Mr. Funsho Doyade, uh, wrote an open letter to the Lagos State Government, and he really lamented on the priorities of the Lagos State Government, the priorities of the Lagos State Government, and he has put all the facts and figures here. There is one, seven. $7.4 naira for the replacement of liquid fragrance in the office of the governor of Lagos State. $7.4 naira to replace the liquid fragrance in the office of the Lagos State governor. And, I mean, you are all acquainted with, with what a liquid fragrance is. And it says the office of the governor does not say, like, all over like, all over the government institutions in Lagos State. In the office of the governor, $7.4 naira. So, somebody is going to get that contract to supply that. Uh, there is an entry to procure a brand new Lexus uh, bulletproof for $414 Now, these are things that you can verify at uh, the pricing elsewhere. And so you find that the letter he wrote uh, is not just a letter uh, to uh, for sensationalism, but things that deserve, uh, deserve, I mean, queries have been raised, valid queries have been raised that ought to... Get a response from any responsible any responsible government, and you see these are not surprising things if what I say long list, the one that uh, many people have been querying has been the one about. About those rechargeable fans in the office of the deputy governor, and There's also one business day reported one uh, one line item for 12 billion naira for consultancy on Lagos City uh, on the Lagos City project. You know, 12.4 billion naira. I mean, for those who are really streetwise in this country, those who know how things run, and not only in this country, in many countries where uh, corruption is endemic, you know that well. It is what it is. Uh, people part things together, and sometimes, uh, sometimes only. Only a small percentage of the sum allocated, of the sum expended for a particular thing, is spent on it. I mean, it's a difficult thing that to run away from. I do hope that those of us who are on the Lord's side, from time to time, we renew our resolve in order to participate in things like this. The Lord will always be our provider, and we must learn not to participate in them. But the real point I want to make is a point that has been made by many Christian preachers over the over the i mean over the ages and i'm unfortunately i cannot get to a quote that i really want to give out this quote i'll to one of the preachers that i regularly listen to and he suggested that you see you want to know where the heart of a person is you want to know where the heart of a person is look at where look at how that person spends his money you want to know where the heart of a of a person is look at how that man or woman spends his or her money And I do not know whether you agree that, you see, the way you spend your money, the things you spend your money on are indicative of where your heart truly is. It is easy to say, this is where my heart is. My heart is my family. My heart is with God. You can say my heart is with God. I mean, is it is easy to say, okay, look, let us, tell us your priorities in life. If anybody should ask me or ask you, ask anybody on the street, tell us your priorities in life. Because you know that you are talking to a third party, that you are you are speaking to somebody else, there's a tendency to, uh, to express those priorities in the order that will be acceptable, acceptable to people who know you as a Christian, acceptable to people who know you as a married person, acceptable to people who know you as a parent, acceptable to people who know you as a, parent, you as a decent member of the society, and say, well, what are your priorities in life? My roads will be God, my family, my my parents. You say my this, my that. you are your parents, you say my church. My community, and maybe some other institutions you belong to. And if you are a member of an old student association and the name of that association appears in your list, you will say, Oh, very good. (laughs) Sorry about that. If you belong to this place or that place, and people will be glad to say, Oh, he he, he mentioned my, he mentioned our society, he mentioned our church, he mentioned our association, as well as the parity. So uh, many people have said it is easy to have a list, it is easy to say things and say, Oh, these are my parities. But you see, the the clearest way to know where a person's priorities really lie is to look at how that person spends his money. Our person spends, uh, spends some money. Our Lord, if, uh, our, our Lord did say, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also." And in fact, you may even turn that statement around and say, "Look, your heart is where." Your, yeah, your heart is exactly what the Lord said. Your heart is where your treasure is. Yeah, it's where your treasure is. Where is your heart? Let's go at where you store your treasures. Then we know that is and that's where your heart is. If you are storing treasures here in this world, that is where your heart is. If that is your overarching ambition and uh, all-consuming endeavor uh, to store up treasures in this world and to win as much of this world as possible, that is where your heart is. If uh, your all-consuming uh, zeal is to, to work for the Lord, to please Him, to do what pleases Him, to help people in this world, uh, not that you're not, of course, engaging with the world as it is, but then we you know that is where your heart is. The point I'm trying to make with this story is that, unfortunately so, when we hear of expenditures like this from the Lagos state government or from the federal government or from any government in Nigeria or from any government in the world, and this Lagos state will not be an exception here, remember that just weeks ago uh, many Nigerians were scandalized to realize that in in a period of austerity where things are really tough for families and businesses in Nigeria uh, that uh, legislators in Nigeria are thinking of buying imported uh, SUVs for exorbitant sums that even the presidency uh, was seeking from the national assembly uh, to buy uh, to buy Imported cars at exorbitant prices, and even to buy a yacht, which we now believe has been bought, and so many other projects as well. Things that do not suggest that uh, these are people who have their parity strike. Right? That's what I'm talking about this morning. It's about priorities When you hear things like this, it's about priorities So if you see a man who spends his money, and just if you can have a look where he spends his money, you will truly discover whether that man's by whether that man's spending patterns correlate with his express priorities i don't know where you agree you see you want to know what a person's real priorities are look at how that person spends his or a treasure treasure of money treasure of resources, treasure of time. So really, so if you want to do uh, a self-audit of yourself, think of yourself. How do you spend your time? On what do you spend your time? Think of your life. How do you spend your money? On what do you spend your money? Think of your other resources. How do you spend them? On what do you spend them? And you know what? You are going to have the clear answer of where your priorities truly lie. Next, I want to talk about this uh, troubling story uh, that has been reported on Punch newspaper, and I think uh, many other uh, newspaper, many other newspapers in Nigeria, so reported it. But perhaps it's an exclusive from Punch. I cannot determine whether it has been reported uh, by other newspapers. But this headline here from Punch newspaper says: Lagos schools where alcohol gambling. Again, I'll take that again. Lagos schools where alcohol and gambling thrive in broad daylight. Lagos schools where alcohol and gambling thrive in broad daylight. And I think even from that uh, from that headline, uh, everybody should be, should be concerned. This says, a school environment is meant to be the epitome of sanctity, uh, devoid of external vices, capable of corrupting or influencing the minds of students. Sadly, this is far from the picture caught by the surroundings of Silver Spring schools in the Katoon area of Lagos State. For a first-time visitor to the area, it will be difficult to locate the school as it is obscured by a series of stores and kiosks built close to the drainage by the school fence. The first impression that comes to mind on getting to the place is that of a fast-expanding local market meant to serve the immediate needs of those living close by. However, a closer look would reveal something more sinister, a melting pot for gamblers and alcoholics. Based on findings made by a correspondent due to easy access to alcohol drinks packaged in sachets, students in schools around the area find pleasure in converging at the market to indulge and after getting high would break into fights, disrupting the peace of the area. And this is really troubling. You can find that story if you just do a search on Google for legal schools where coal and gambling thrive. Here. it's going to lead you uh, to that Punch report. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is number one to commend uh, Punch newspaper. This is the the this is one of the uh, most important duties that uh, journalists should perform for the society. These are things that we would not know of. Uh, it, it, it's even more likely that these are things that people uh, who are high up in government would not know about unless uh, there are reports like this. We know they should know. We know government uh, government uh, entities should know, but sometimes they don't know because they you know. They are human beings as well. They have, to, they have to rely on reports coming from, from the from, from the ground up, and most times, those sometimes those who are on the ground are also complex said in all these horrible horrible behavior so we commend point newspaper for for reporting this uh, we we do hope uh, that many of us will keep talking about it as well share that story let it get to those who are in government because what is happening is that destinies are being destroyed in that place destinies are being destroyed uh, lives are being ruined lives are being ruined uh, in that place it is it is horrible to think that in a place where there is a school that a school is being used for that purpose. A school is not a place that should be used for that purpose. That's a place where you should be able to say, okay, my child is in school, and then it's a safe environment, not only safe in terms of uh, physical security, but safe in terms of uh, the influences the influences uh, that the child uh, would come across. And he said, talking about influence, you find that many people uh, become corrupted in schools. And that's why it's just so important, the matter of education. I mean, that's not matter for, for another day, but that is one of the matters that many African government have, have have not been as serious as they should be. And even in other climes, in Europe, in North America, where uh, education is prioritized, you find that the content of what is now taught in school uh, is capable of actually, of actually corrupting the minds. Corrupting the minds, if you think, from Christian perspectives. Um, I mean, you look at this story and you think of Finding in a place the very opposite of what should be there. Remember when Jesus walked into the temple and he was angered, rightly so, holy anger. He was angered by uh, the temple having been turned into a place of commerce. Jesus was really angry, he walked into the temple, and what did he find there? He found that a place of prayer had been turned into into a marketplace, into a marketplace for merchants, for merchants. And every time we have to always ask ourselves, especially you look at yourself, you are, uh, do you not know that the body is the temple of God? And you ask yourself, what have you turned it into? And I think for, for this story, uh, the legacy government should be alarmed, should, should relate with this story with all sense of urgency, should investigate this matter, and should bring it to an end immediately, immediately. Thank you so very much for joining us today for another episode of On the Lord's Side, Christian Perspectives on News and Current Events. I hope to be with you again tomorrow by the grace of God. Whatever you do today, please remain firmly on the Lord's side. God bless you. Very good. You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian Internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. 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 Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.